0: Brad Chandler is with me here today, and you can find him and what he's up to with all of his corresponding links, bradchandler.com. We're going to cover quite a bit of background here, and, but what's really interesting is I, I really get the impression, Brad, that you are really focused on mindset and how to build towards happiness. And I really will like to uh, spend all, most of the time on that, but really appreciate you being with me here today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
0: So Brad, let's start things off. I, I want to do a truncated version. I don't want to spend a ton of time on your background, when how you got into real estate, but that's always interesting where you started. But I particularly want you to my, move into what changed in your life and what caused you to have this mindset shift and focusing on happiness. And that that seems to be a pretty big shift there.
1: Just about two years ago, I was trying to get my son help for anxiety. And I was on a Zoom call with a lady who I was told by a friend could help me. And about five minutes in, she said, do you realize that you have a tick? And I said, what are you talking about? She said, you blink profusely when you talk about your childhood. You may have some unresolved childhood trauma that is contributing to your son's anxiety issues. Would you like to come out to Park City and work with my ex-Navy SEAL husband and myself? Of course, I said, yes, I'll do anything to help my son. And Jack, while I was out there for a weekend and Really, it was a three-hour session that I was in with the Navy SEAL. Everything in my life changed. We went back to some childhood events where I felt stress. I felt I didn't have any control. And what we do as children is we oftentimes tell ourselves a story to get ourselves through that stress. So when something bad happens to a six-year-old, what does that six-year-old say? I must be bad if this is happening. So it's great when you're six years old to know, hey, I'm bad and this is why it's happening. But when you're 47 years old, and your subconscious mind is telling yourself you're bad, it drove all kinds of bad behaviors. Two failed marriages, the use of alcohol and marijuana. I made five business mistakes in the last 17 or 19 years, if you go back to, that cost me a million dollars. Five mistakes that cost me $9 million. So that was it. In a nutshell, it was, I was going to get my son help. And in doing so, I got myself help, and it forever changed my life. And in such a profound way, in all areas of my life, that I'm like, I have got to share this gift with others. So about a year ago, I started uh, formally coaching other people, and I've had some just amazing results.
0: It's interesting that the coach that you talked to was a military, Marine,
1: was it? An ex-Navy SEAL.
0: An ex-Navy SEAL. How did that person get into this type of work?
1: That's a phenomenal question. They were working with Fortune 500 CEOs, And the CEOs were asking them to come into their companies to to do work because their companies were struggling and or something was going on in their companies. And he looked at them and he goes, there's nothing wrong with your company. Everything that's wrong with your company is right here. It's the way that you think that's driving everything. So he came up with this program that is really just amazing. And since I've learned and taken bits and pieces, 83% of Americans identify as not being very happy. Think about that. 83% of us identify, not us anymore, but Americans. Why is that? Because we're born happy. It's because people lack self-love and self-compassion. And why do you lack self-love and self-compassion? Because of the untrue stories that you tell yourself to get yourself through childhood stress. So these CEOs that are working 100-hour weeks, its they're trying to prove what their subconscious mind is telling them, you're no good. You got to do more. You got to do more. You got to do more.
0: One of the things that also struck me is that it sounded like that and you could correct me if I'm wrong. The tick, for example, you mentioned you had, they pointed out you had a tick. This is so subconscious that you weren't even aware that there was an issue.
1: No. And this is the thing. When I talked to my client, nine out of 10 of my clients come to me now. And in the intake form, I said, did you have a happy childhood and where your needs met? And nine out of 10 of them say yes. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way you would be talking to me right now if you had all your childhood needs met. And then I get into it. And literally within the first 20 minutes, it's just, no, you, you cannot think that way. You, after what you've been through, this is why you are the way you are. But you're right, Jack. We, we're not aware of it. And all change has to begin with awareness.
0: So the childhood needs that need to be met, could you touch on that briefly? What are some of those needs to put people into perspective here?
1: Yeah, so it's simple. It's, it's just like an adult. We need to be seen, heard, and understood. If a child feels like they're not seen, seen, felt, or understood, or loved, then that messes them up. When, when a child feels like a parent stops loving them, the child doesn't stop loving the parent. The child stops loving themselves. So spanking. I grew up being spanked. My dad hit me with a belt. Other than molesting your child, that's probably the worst thing you can do is hit your child there's so many people that think it's good. It's not good. The two people that are in your life that are supposed to protect you and give you love are not only protecting you, they're inflicting violence on you and they're creating shame. Number two, timeouts is a big thing in this world, right? A child only misbehaves when they're feeling disconnected from a parent. So what are you going to do when they're feeling disconnected? You're going to punish them by further disconnecting them and putting them in their room? Again, I'm saying this not from a judgeable standpoint because I gave my kids time out. I didn't know. Change begins with awareness. So those are some of the needs that, that, that have to be met.
0: A lot of that stuff that you said, and maybe it's just the, my age, but that was very common, both of those strategies when I was little.
1: Yeah. And if you want to look at the world, if you want to look at the United States and you want to ask yourself, why is there a 60% obesity rate? Why are our prisons full? Why are medications for anxiety and antidepressant going through the roof, but also hospitalizations? Why is the divorce rate fifty percent, and on the third divorce, on the third marriage, it's seventy percent? You got to look where did this all come from? What has caused all this? And part of it is it, it, is is spanking. That's just one one part of it. A, a parents being addicted, alcoholism, all that stuff contributes. But yeah, it's it's interesting. It's really it really fascinates me. And This is my life's work now is helping people. Find self-love because every problem in the world, Jack, from the war in Ukraine to our prisons being full, all of it can be tied back to an individual self-love and and lack of self-love and self-compassion. And because when you were born, you had self-love. You got out of self-love because of the program that you received from your imperfect parents. Is this to blame your parents? No, they did the absolute best that they could do given their circumstances as a child. So it's not about blaming your parents. It's about being aware so that you can make the change and change your life, change all the behaviors. You don't like, you got a shitty marriage. You work a hundred hours a week, you eat too much. You come home and drink three glasses of wine. All of those can be traced back to your unmet childhood needs.
0: And you've used the word and you even have it on your t-shirt, self-love. What do you mean by that? Exactly.
1: Self-love. Yeah. If some people get it confused with, what are you a narcissist? No. I don't think I'm any better than any human being, but I also don't think I'm any worse than any other human being that ever walked the planet. I treat myself like I treat my best friend. I no, I no longer am driven by behavior. I, for 47 years, Jack, I tried to prove myself to the world. That's how I lost so much money. That's why I smoked so, so much weed, because I didn't feel comfortable, because my father made me feel that I wasn't enough. So I spent all of those years. Now I am enough. That's self-love. But if you would have asked me three years ago, if we'd have been on this thing and you would have been talking about self-love, I'd have been like, this guy's crazy. Self-love is woo. And I love myself, but I didn't. So I created this quiz that's only 12 questions. It takes you all of about five minutes. It's a self-love quiz at bradchandler.com forward slash quiz. If you take this quiz and you score mild self-love or lack of self-love, that every area of your life is being negatively impacted by the way you feel about yourself and the great part is it can all change and it can all change very quickly
0: can you share a little bit you have your personal story but let's talk about somebody that you have helped in this situation and how it improved
1: the, their life yeah i've got countless examples and i'm going to i'm going to pick two just cuz two come to the top of my head one was a, a gentleman who came to me and was on the verge of his marriage was about to collapse and Five weeks later, because my program is five weeks, I get a text from him saying, thank you for changing my life and my family's life. Did I ever sit down with them and have marriage counseling? Did I ever even meet his wife? No. I've been to 50 marriage counseling sessions, and I have had two divorces. So I know a lot about marriage counseling, and a lot about what not to do. Marriage therapists want to talk about, let's go on more date nights and repeat back what your wife is saying to you and be more affectionate. Jack, all of that stuff doesn't matter if you're fighting for your worthiness. The problem never is the relationship with the two people. The problem in a marriage resides in the individual's relationship with themselves. If you lack self love and you're in a marriage and you're, it's almost impossible to have a deeply connected marriage. So that's what basically what I did is we went back. I use hypnosis as part of my training, as part of my program. So in the third week, we go into hypnosis. I brought this gentleman back. He brought up scenes that he had never thought of before that made him feel like he wasn't enough. So he was fighting for his worthiness in this marriage. So that's one example. Another example is a gentleman who was working just crazy amounts of hours, had plenty of money. I've actually had multiple clients in this scenario, real estate investors working crazy amounts of hours. And what do you do when you work crazy amounts of hours? It messes up your relationship with your significant other and your kids. And we found with those gentlemen that again, They were made to feel as children that they weren't enough. So what did they have to do? They'd deprove themselves by work. They'd amass more and more. But guess what? It's never enough. So work is an addiction. One of my mentors has worked with thousands of, of, of addicts over the years. And she says there's one common trait amongst every addict she's ever worked with. Not one single one of them has ever felt that they're enough. When you don't feel like you're enough, what do you need more of? Whatever it is, alcohol, sex, drugs, work. So those are two examples that I could go on and on, but yet, yeah. and, and it all comes, Jack, all you have to do is change your thinking and live in the truth. If you're suffering, you're not living in the truth. You cannot suffer if you live in the truth. And the truth is that you are enough. You always were enough and you always will be enough. Your parents or your caretakers or your the bully at school or your teacher may have made you feel a different way, but at the at, at your essence, you are enough.
0: Just to remind everybody, head over to bradchandler.com and uh, take advantage of that quiz that Brad was talking about there. Uh, this is really interesting, Brad, and we it, I can tell we're going to chew up most of our time just talking about this. But I feel like I got to switch the conversation slightly on how did this impact your real estate investing?
1: Yeah. So for 47 years, I was trying to find my worth or trying to prove my worth. So when I look back on why did I get into flipping houses? Number one, I thought we were going to lose our house through the divorce when I was 10 years old and I had to end up in public housing. So my subconscious mind was like, you don't want to be without houses. So you better go buy a bunch of houses. Now I have bought 4,000 houses over the last 20 years. Secondly, I got into business because I thought if I made a lot of money, that would make me happy. And that would show the world that I was enough, right? So for 40, for 40, I only own the business for 17 years. As of two years ago, it was 17 years. Now it's 20. I'm not doing the math right. It was 18 to 20. I've been in the company for 20 years. I focused on money. So whatever I could do to make a bunch of money, there was constant chaos in the business, Jack, because I was always chasing the shiny object. If I can go to Virginia Beach and open that market and make a bunch of money, my subconscious mind was saying, you'll be worthy. So we had crazy ups and downs. I've shifted now. I don't need to make money to prove my worth. I'm on this earth now to make an impact. I know God put me here to help people find happiness. So for the next 60 years, that's my plan. But how has it impacted my business? We had one of our best years ever last year at Express Homebuyers. Why is that? Because I'm focused on an impact. I'm I'm focused on how can I impact my employees, my team members, my investors, my sellers? How can I be better? So as investors who are listening to this, if you're focused on how to make the most money, It's not the way to grow and run a company. If you can focus on impact, whether you're in real estate or car sales or whatever, focus on how do you help the most people possible? And then I bet you the money will come more than ever.
0: Yeah, that actually reminds me of a book called Go-Giver. There's something that that there's a, a piece of that story that that kind of resonates with what you just said there. Yeah. So with that, I'd be interested then, do you. Deal with or work with distressed buyers for the most part
1: or uh, sellers? Distressed, distressed sellers, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So how does your interaction, how's has, has that changed with your mindset shift?
1: So we, my company did 300 uh, flips last year, a combination of wholesales and flips. I'm in a fortunate position, Jack, where I only work about an hour a week in the business. And that, that in, entails me going in Wednesday for an hour-long manager's meeting. So I don't interact with sellers. Have I interacted with them in the last two years? I have. And I just come at it from a standpoint of I'm here to solve your needs the best I can instead of how can I get this price at the lowest possible price? It's how can I serve them? How can I help them? Because very few motivated sellers, pardon the language, have their shit together and have a lot of self-love. They're in this situation. Their finances are in the situation because of the way that they feel about themselves and oftentimes what they went through as children. I just see them differently now.
0: Sure. And how do you propagate this message down to the people that work for you then to make sure that they carry this forward?
1: I talk to them. It just It's constantly talked about. I actually do a daily message on all the social media platforms. And you can at bradchandler.com, slash Contact, you can follow me there. But so, so they get that daily message all about love and peace and happiness. And then they just see me and and I've worked with a number of them too. I brought them into my program and I've, the first person I ever worked with was one of our virtual assistants from the Philippines and she was in her thirties and she had severe anxiety. She slept two or three hours a night. She had migraine headaches. And after three hours of working with her, she doesn't have migraines anymore. She sleeps eight to 10 hours a night and she's, she doesn't have anxiety anymore. So they're seeing my work actually firsthand.
0: See, I'm going to be first to say that. If you would have asked, talked to me about this even five years ago, I would have said it's a bunch of hooey. But what have you discovered now as people are approaching you? I, I would have to think that there's quite a few people you work with that are trying this for the first time, trying to see if this helps. But there's they're very apprehensive in the process.
1: I think most of the apprehension comes from the hypnosis part. Most people, when they think of hypnosis, their brain automatically goes to the stage hypnosis, who's hypnotist, who's got the people on stage and they're running after mice or something. That's the most pushback that I get. And that's a total myth, right? Hypnosis is nothing more than a deeply relaxed state so that your mind can focus on the subconscious mind because the subconscious mind controls 95% of your behavior, but you don't even know what it's doing. So when you're driving the car, and you're going to the office the same time every the same way every day that's your subconscious mind you're in a hypnotic state so that's all it really is just being in a deeper d- deeply relaxed what i get though from people is i've tried everything brad i've gone to therapy for 30 years i've gone to therapy for 20 years i've gone to ter- marriage there all of this stuff like i tried it i was in, i've been to therapy for 30 years i went to 50 marriage counseling sessions so i think people are like Almost to the, I've tried everything, let's try this. And then they try this and they're like, oh my God, I've been living this way for 50 years. And in five sessions, it's completely changed. So that's the beauty of it is just seeing these people's lives and their families change.
0: Are there any tactics or strategies to uh, help prevent you from sliding back into those old habits?
1: Um, after you go through the the work? Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot of ways, but I'll mention four. Um, there's four questions that I get everyone to ask themselves. And that is, will every part of my inner mind promise never to put down another part? Will I not allow anyone to put me down? Will I not allow, uh, knowingly allow myself to put anyone else down? And then the fourth question is, do you feel like you are as good as impor- good and important as anyone who has ever walked the planet living uh, or dead? So if you can live to those four questions as yeses the rest of your life, I tell I take people out of prison. How do you take someone out of prison? The first thing you've got to do is you've got to realize you're in prison. So with the awareness comes that you're in prison. Some people think they have a great life. Three years ago, I thought I had a great life. So anyway, those four questions will keep you from ever going back to that proverbial prison. Because when you judge another human being, there's always something inside of yourself that is unsettled. I used to look at people who are overweight and I would judge them. I'd say they're lazy. What's wrong with them? Now I look at those same people and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel such compassion because they're hurting because they wouldn't be super overweight if they weren't hurting. Uh, Weight is a, it's a protector. A lot of kids who were abused or saw their parents hit each other or they were hit by their parents. What does their mind say? I want to be bigger. I want to be bigger. I want to be bigger. And your mind gives your body what it asks for. There's a thing called the ACE studies, adverse childhood experiences, and it's about measuring how your childhood experiences relate to, are you a drug addict or your weight, all kinds of stuff in adulthood. And the reason that started Jack is because this doctor in California had this successful weight loss clinic and half the women were losing weight and dropping out. So he started to research and it was because they were scared that if they lost the weight, that people would start to sexually abuse them again. It's amazing. Our minds are so crazy powerful. And the subconscious mind, which controls most of the stuff, traditional talk therapy doesn't talk about that. That's why you hear people like myself who went to therapy for 30 years and and really got nowhere.
0: Right. Could you talk to that? Like how has your relationship or has your you mentioned your son hasn't been experiencing the levels of anxiety before, but I would imagine that based on what i'm hearing from you and and just the the chat we've had so far i'm i would imagine that it it's helping you strengthen your your network people will have a tendency of wanting to be around people that elude or that to put forth the, these concepts and ideas and and back it up with their actions
1: yeah so has it strengthened my network it's just a different type of people right um I quit drinking two years ago because I used to drink to make myself feel comfortable and there's really no good that comes out of alcohol. So I stopped drinking. So I hang out less with people who drink. I'm looking for people who want to have deep conversations about life and happiness rather than talk about how their wife is not giving them what they want or or whatever the, the gossip is at the country club. I just don't have time for that. In my intimate relationship, same thing. Like I can be with someone for 30, 60 seconds and realize that they have some self-confidence issues. And I love them and I want to help them, but it doesn't mean I want to be in a relationship with those type of people. So everything has shifted for sure.
0: Just one more time, head over to bradchandler.com for some more information on how Brad might be able to help you regarding this. But Brad, I it's one of those situations that I, I'm not sure what else to ask. Is there a, a question you think we should have been covering here so far today?
1: I think the important thing, Jack, is that there's a lot of suffering in this world. There's a lot of people listening right now that are suffering. They're in a bad marriage. Their business is in chaos. They drink too much. They eat too much. They're addicted to something. And they're just, yeah, this is the way it is. I'm going to stay married for for the kids or whatever their reason is. Or I don't have enough money to divorce my wife or whatever it is. And my message to you is that life isn't about suffering. And you don't have to live like this. And things can change in a matter of hours because I do it every day with my clients. So I would just urge you, whether you work with me or not, you don't have to stay in the suffering state. My life in the last two years has been the best two years of my life. I don't have any bad days anymore because what's a bad day really, right? Bad day is just how you interpret something car gets in an accident. Okay. Maybe the fact that your car got an accident just saved you from getting run over by a tractor trailer. Or maybe I'll go to the auto repair shop and I'll talk to a, a mechanic who was thinking about committing suicide. So everything has changed in my life. You can experience the same thing. I have a great relationship and intimate relationship now. My relationship with my kids is stronger. My business is doing better. I'm healthier than I ever have been. This is available to everyone and it all comes down to your thinking. You just have the wrong thinking, and none of it's your fault. It all came as a result of your childhood programming. So just know that no matter what you've tried or how you're struggling, you can radically transform your life by tapping into that subconscious mind, figuring out the stories that you told yourself as a child, and then reversing them and living in the truth. It sounds so simple and so easy, and it really is. It's just it baffles my mind why, why how this isn't talked about more because it's really the cause of most of the problems in the world.
0: One of the things that strikes me when you said that most of our programming comes from our childhood, yet a majority of us have, we typically send our kids to a school system or what have you and rely on other people to do that programming.
1: We do, but I have to tell you of all the clients I've served, I haven't had many that had an issue around a teacher because you can take a child and put them in a bad environment like school, but if they've got the love and the nurturing at home, it overpowers the bad stuff at school. Does it not, I'm not saying it never happens and that a teacher can't affect someone, but it really is the parental unit where I see all of the the damage done to, to these adults as children.
0: Interesting. If you're ready, Brad, I'd like to start closing things out with some of my rapid fire questions. Sure. So first of all, and it doesn't have to be in real estate, but is there a real estate or business myth that you'd like to bust here today?
1: Wholesaling in in real estate, a lot of people want to make it to be easy. I, I took me eight months to find my first deal and I was working my hiney off to get it done. And every day that went by, I got more and more persistent. So I started in December of 2002. I bought my first house in July of 2003. I bought 6 houses in July and August of 2003. I came home and told my wife in October, at the time she was my wife, that I just quit the quit my job and I was starting Express Home Buyers and she's, like, "Are you kidding me? We've got a newborn son and I've got two kids we got to take care of." And I was like, "It'll be fine." And 20 years later in 4000 houses, it was fine, but it wasn't easy. Nothing in life is easy, just like the work that I'm telling you, it's simple, but it's not easy because you got to live in your truth and you got to go through the pain of your truth to get to the freedom. So I think that's it. No matter what any real estate educator or guru tells you, they want to make it sound easy. It's not easy. It's doable, though. If you don't give up and you're persistent like I was for eight months, and if I'd had a good mentor, that, that time would have been shrunk for sure. But I didn't. And it took me eight months. And then here we are. I've, I've had a great 20 years in business. It's been a little rocky, but it served me really well. So just don't give up.
0: Earlier when we hit record, you had said something about the episode's going to be what it is. You know, you had, you made this kind of passing comment about just letting it happen. Is that kind of your attitude now that when you said this, it it reminded me of that. Is that kind of your attitude regarding a lot of things that let go of those things you can't really control and
1: your your
0: reaction to those?
1: It's everything. It's absolutely everything in my life. No matter what happens, I look at it and go, okay, don't know why it's happening. But I can either be pissed or I can be like, okay, it's done. I can't do anything about it. Yeah. And if, if you can just, if that's the one thing you take from the show, you can't control the universe. Part of happiness is letting each situation be as it is instead of the way you want it to be. And then just make the best of it because every situation that happens to you, it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. And there is a reason you may never find out in this life, but you'll probably find out everything happens for a reason. So just embrace that. Okay. I stub my toe. I break my ankle. I, I lose money on this stock. I, uh, the bank shuts down, whatever it is. It's just, like, okay. All right, move on. And for 47 really years, hard I hard not live like that.
0: Yeah. And maybe I'm putting that on my sleeve, but that's really hard to let happen. You feel like you have to have all of, as much control as possible and it's, it can become a, it can be upsetting.
1: Jack, it's really hard or harder to have happen when you feel that you're not enough and you're fighting for your worthiness because you're angry inside. I drive around and I'm a, I'd look at it, I go to restaurants and I just look at people. I'm in my car, I'm looking and it was a really bad traffic day a couple of days ago. There was a major accident. So I got off the interstate and we're all trying to make the light and I look over and this girl, she's just so angry. And no, she couldn't because I could look at her and know that. Her life isn't great because she's so angry inside. So it's really when you're angry inside and you're like, these people did me wrong. Everything that comes, you want to be like, see, it just sucks And this. But when you let go and you realize that you're enough and you love yourself, you just it's just like water under a bridge. It's just okay, It's going to happen. I can't control the water flowing, so I'm just going to watch it go by.
0: Do you have a book recommendation or what are you reading right now?
1: I've read 40 books in the last two years since I started my transformation. The single best book I've read of those 40 books is called The Way to Love by Anthony DeMello. And the book is about this big. It almost looks like a child's book. And it is about four or five pages a chapter. And it is packed with draw dropping like, oh, my God, this is how you become happy.
0: I have to add that to the list. What is your biggest business mistake? What is the biggest business mistake you've made, and what did you learn from it? Ooh,
1: I bought a house. My partner and I bought a house in the summer of two thousand five when we thought we knew more than anyone, and we were the smartest guys in the block because we're making a ton of money flipping houses, and we're like, we can flip houses, we can build houses, we're really smart. So we bought this house in North Arlington, Virginia, and we are going to subdivide it carve it up into two lots and build two houses and make millions of dollars. And we didn't know what we were doing. We hired an engineering consultant and they're like, sure, you can do this. And a TIDA report, someone could have looked at a TIDA report and within 10 minutes, five minutes said, this is a corner lot. You can't subdivide it. We lost $934,000 on that house, Jack. And at the time, our investors, we had no personal guarantees. I started the business in 2003 with a negative $80,000 net worth. This was 2005, so I didn't have a lot of money. And we could have walked away from that $934,000 loss, but we didn't. We did what was right. And we went to them and we said, we really messed up. They gave us a little break on the interest rate. And they said, you guys can pay this off over two years. And we paid it off over 13 months. And 20 years later, 17 years later, whatever the math is, we probably borrowed and returned $300 million from these two high net worth brothers. So what was the lesson? The lesson is don't do stuff you don't know. Stick to it. And then the second lesson, maybe even bigger, is if you mess up, just always do the right thing. I tell my kids this all the time. Life is easier when you just always do the right thing.
0: If you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be?
1: Oh, man, it's so easy. So easy. Would it would have saved me so many heartaches and so many million dollars worth of loss. Learn to love yourself. Learn to love yourself, figure out what in your past that's buried in your deep subconscious mind is keeping you from loving yourself and knowing that you're enough.
0: One of the things you said earlier that really struck me is, and I think I'm going to, I'll be first to admit treating yourself like you would your best friend. That's like, I've, I've never heard anybody say it that way before. And I, frankly, that sounds easier than it actually is.
1: Given where you are, I don't know where you are, but if you're on the journey and you lack self-love, it's really hard because we're, your best friend is someone you really like. You don't like yourself. Why are you going to treat yourself nice? So if right. you wouldn't say it to your best friend, don't say it to yourself. I catch myself once a month, once every two months, I'll do something. I'll be like, you get, and I'll go to say idiot. And I'll be like, no, you're not an idiot. I'm, I'm a human being. I just made a mistake. I've completely wiped out the negative self-talk. And something else that's interesting. The night before I went through my transformation, I was sitting with the Navy seal at at dinner, a steakhouse in, in park city. And he said to me, he goes, I'm trying to get to a point in my life where no one can negatively affect me. And I'm like, this guy is full of it. Two years later, I'm getting closer and closer. My 15 year old daughter, hope she's not listening that She's not here is literally the only person in the last six months who's triggered me. So when you can get to a point of loving yourself. You can see that when others attack you, it has nothing to do with yourself. It has to do with their pain. And you can have compassion for them rather than try to attack them back to make you feel better.
0: I can attest if anybody can trigger a dad, it would be their 15-year-old daughter. So <laughs> You're human. <laughs> yeah. You have 60 seconds to give everybody one tip that they can implement right now to make a significant difference to their life. What would it be?
1: Honestly, go to com forward slash quiz and take the quiz. And if you score one of those lower things, you have got to go do some work, whether it's pick up the book, The Way to Love, whether it's call me for a free 30 minute phone call, whether it's call your local therapist or hypnotherapist. I don't know what it, whatever it is for you that you feel comfortable doing, but that this is absolutely life-changing, right? Jack can tell you how to make a lot of money in real estate. I can teach you how to make a lot of money in real estate, but if you have a lot of money And you score low on those self-love things. What's the point, right? You're not going to be happy. You're not going to be fulfilled. So do that. This could be the first day of the rest of your life. The second half of your life, wherever you are, if you're 40 years old, 30 years old, 50 years old, the next 30, 40 years of your life could be and should be the best 30 or 40 years of your life. But you cannot do it without taking a step. Every journey begins with a step, right? And you have to have awareness. That quiz will give you awareness. If you score extreme self-love, pat yourself on the back and say, this is amazing. But most of you won't.
0: Well, is there a question or concept you wish we would have covered here today, Brad?
1: That was a phenomenal podcast. I I, I think I got everything. I think it, in, in summary, though, you don't have to suffer. There is a better way. No matter what you tried, there's a better way. No matter what struggle you're in, know that there's hope. If you can have the courage to take that first step, your life and the life of your children can I think one, maybe one thing, my son's anxiety problems were caused by me. So if you have kids with behavioral problems right now and you want to figure out where they're coming from, walk into your mirror and look in the mirror, walk into your bathroom and look in the mirror, and that isn't your fault. This is you doing the best you could given what you had from your parents. So if you want to help your kids, the number one thing you can do is figure out how to love yourself and fix yourself before you can do that with your child.
0: I really appreciate it. Again, it's bradchandler.com. I'll make sure to have that as a clickable link in the show notes. If you found any value in today's show, would you do us a favor and share it with somebody in your network? That would be greatly appreciated. Really appreciate it, Brad. I hope you'll come back again sometime.
1: Thank you, John. If you learned at least one actionable step
0: to incorporate into your real estate investing,